whether your day is just starting or it's coming to an end or it's somewhere in the middle, I just want to welcome you and thanks for being with me um, for the With Joe Eby podcast back again. We're exploring the worthwhile pursuits in life. And this one, this episode is probably more of a way of thinking. Um, we talked about self-awareness last episode. Now, I wanted to run this through Keegan's stages of adult development, which I found fascinating when I was introduced to it recently. Whilst not an expert, I certainly want to be broker an introduction for you today. So feel free to dive into this deeper if, if it interests you. It certainly resonated with me. And... Uh, Wow, it, so it references definitely the um, the ocean little anecdote analogy I whipped together, and that was read out in episode 101. And to recall, that's, you, um, I guess, make, comparing our lives to you start as the ocean and you think you're part of this whole material world around you, but then slowly you realize that you're actually separate from these things. And then eventually you realize that you're actually separate from the mother, from the whose breast you feed from and who you have all this affection for. And that, oh, by the way, that separation, when you realize you're separate from your mother and then you start competing for your parents' attention or your mother's attention, is the whole basis of, of the eatable complex and, and Freud's whole, yeah, eatable complex thing and sons um, wanting to kill their dads and marry their mother's whole shenanigans. So that's where a lot of it's grounded in. And then, yeah, that water metaphor talked about becoming an ocean, ocean becoming, sorry, a river, river becoming a stream. And the select few of the water particles in the stream realizing that they're all just smaller and smaller pieces, part of a bigger whole. That each one is very individual, but often people don't realize the extent of their individuality and independence. We're so attached to the whole, just like water. It's so hard for a single water particle to actually stand on its own. So Keegan had five stages. So it was the impulsive mind, which was meant to be early childhood. So that's pretty straightforward. When you think impulsive, you can think about a lot like, uh, well, you obviously understand what an infant's like, but also what other animals in nature are like. And often they are much more impulsive than I have as structured thinking. But if I'm hungry, I'm going to, I want to eat. I'm not going to disre- I'm going to disregard all other factors. A baby just wants what it wants. You can't you can't reason or, or reason with it. Um, stage two is the imperial mind. So that's when that subject is its needs, interests, and desires, and it has those impulses, feelings, and perceptions, but there's a little bit more control over them. Now, stage three gets very interesting. Stage three is what Keegan called the socialized mind. Now. Even though there's five stages, they estimate, I don't know based what this is based on, probably all the research, that 58% of the adult population never actually leave this stage. They stick with stage three, the socialized mind. Now, obviously the name says a lot. It's, it's relatively self-explanatory. Socialized meaning heavily attached with those around us. So we're no longer just our needs and our impulses, our drives, desires. We have, a, we have more self-control at this point, a socialized mind. But it's heavily interconnected with and reliant on others around us. In the socialized mind, and the way Keegan conceptualized this, we are our relationships. They are the substance of our life. The people we are connected to 
are our life. And what is often the case, or my takeaway and interpretation of this, which is all that I can really speak to, is it's this idea that the socialized mind feels very independent, feels very autonomous, often thinks it's created a very unique life for itself, for him or herself or itself, but is only really slightly pivoting on what, what everyone else is doing. And it's really not much of a revolution and not what it appears in their mind. Now, there, there's this other devel um, developmental stage, stage four, called the self-authoring mind. And that is a powerful term. At the moment, it's in the description of the purpose of this podcast, funnily enough. And this is estimated to be 35% of the adult population. So not everyone necessarily reaches this stage. And in the self-authored mind, obviously, instead of largely taking thoughts from the peer group and the social setting, my interpretation is that self-authoring mind is much more autonomous in its thoughts and the way it writes its thinking about the world and the way it acts. Relationships are no longer the life. Relationships in the self-authored mind stage when you transition are just a part of life. So let that sit and think about what that means. Maybe, for example, you are heavily uh, or rather highly likely to do things that most of you that most of your friends will do or your family will do or those you're closest to and most interconnected with that your life path will not be overly unique from theirs in other words think of an example like buying a house you know settling down having kids chasing a finance career whatever it is now you'll notice how often people do these things in batches, but if you break those people down individually, you'd find that those uh, goals don't have much of a basis. They've kind of just been taken on. They don't have a deep conviction behind them or a deep thought process deriving them. And also they might not make sense for people. I've definitely seen this as a, you know, in my mid twenties, having seen friends come into the workforce and then now kind of reshaping things and now trying to find something that is more of a, a path that they can see themselves doing for the foreseeable future. I saw, I've seen a big batch of them go into finance related roles and a lot of people not fit and a lot, but a lot of them have gone and done the same thing, which is interesting. And it's kind of like, is that just the thing that people do? And it's very tribe based people like us to quote like Seth Godin, people like us do things like this. And how much of the decision-making process is people going through that? I guess we do finance. I didn't know you could do that as a career. And that's just one example. And my interpretation of socialized mind. Self-authored mind, as I obviously see, being a bit more desirable. And the last stage is the self-transforming mind, which they believe that 1% of the adult population reaches. So, I don't know. Do you guys think I've reached that? Who knows? Hopefully, I'm on self self-authored and I, I have a different framework i haven't put this in a podcast yet but it's probably it's it's uh, given that i talk about thinking this is the way i think about thinking which is my boxes uh conceptualization it's just with the without the box paradigm you've got people always say think outside the box but i guess there's like probably a third one in my opinion which is thinking without the box which is don't even, you don't even need to be really close to all the previous assumptions we had and slightly change something. 
So I've always thought about it in that way. I'm not going to go overboard explain that now. You can um, read a blog on that if you're interested, just without the box thinking, Joe Weeby. It'll be on my blog. But sticking with, yeah, socialized and self-authored mind and that tension. And what I noticed is that very important for people to be able to do intentional work, to do what, what I find is really important is for a lot of people to realize what it is that only they can do. That only they can do. But I think it's very hard to realize that when you're thinking through a socialized mindset. When your thinking is too heavily independent on others around you. It's not that you, it's not a complete fuck you to them. It's not that they're not your friends. That the friend relationships are a part of life. They are not the life. I certainly resonate with that the way I feel right now. I don't feel very dependent on any of my relationships. And a lot of my friends right now, this is January 2020, uh, sorry, February 2021. A lot of my friends will probably notice a change in me recently. They'll notice that I'm not giving them as much time. And maybe they think I'm being sharper with them than I usually am. And what I've one of the changes in me in the last year is that I've dropped a lot of my old people-pleasing habits. Which was just going out of my way to make sure, you know, I was always liked and stuff, which came from uh, my, my probably teenage years in particular. There's a whole teenage shit show. So it's very interesting to think about, very interesting for me to reflect on when I make the episode as well. And it'd be hard for them to actually understand. So the basis, I guess, of the, the Keegan stuff is that it's very actually hard to understand the way people on a stage above are thinking on a stage behind. So if you find that with a lot of your friends or family, you think different. You probably think differently listening to the podcast. So I'm assuming that you probably think a, a, a step or two above some of the other people around you. Not above as in better, but above as in broader. You're more open-minded, perhaps. You consider more ideas, which therefore lends to overall very dynamic thinking. So explaining what you understand to them is like someone explaining to you thermodynamics or some other complicated physics concept. English is not enough. There's another layer of language you need to be across. And it's hard to get from reading dictionaries. So if you feel that tension, remember I've done the episodes on friendship uh, from 66 to 73, I'm pretty sure they were. And we've talked about that again. But this is fundamentally important. This is a big mission of mine. It's the current goal of what I describe as the goal of the podcast, perhaps. It's to help people make the transition from socialized mind to self-authored mind. And I don't know if listening to episodes can do that hopefully it gives the agitation my opinion is that this is done by just continuing on the self-awareness journey just getting deeper into it understanding what it is exactly you want to do going on a journey having experiences and pursuing it and pursuing it deeper and deeper it's my perspective and my interpretation may wouldn't i don't know i don't know if i can really qualified to give advice it's just the way i think about it but thinking is important so are you forging your identity that's my question for you today are you forging your identity 
Or is your whole life contained in relationships? Are you thinking about everything in terms of, I just need to be alongside people? Because that whilst, whilst relationships will always be an important part of life, they're certainly not to downplay that they're not an important part of my life. It's likely that <clears throat> there will be a step further for you. There will be an evolution. So eyes open and embrace it if that's what happens. And as Forrest Gump used to say, that's all I have to say about that. Thank you so much for joining me to explore this idea. Remember that if you need more, there's the website www.withjoeby.com. Uh, Keegan's Stages of Adult Development is super interesting. Maybe worth your own individual research. I'll endeavor to put a link in the show notes. Apart from that, if you find this discussion worth having or this piece of content worth sharing with someone else, hopefully it can trigger a very interesting conversation. Remember to share the episode and open doors for others because after all, the best way to open a thousand doors for you is to concentrate on opening doors for others. Thanks and I'll see you next time.